Settle in, people. Here comes the What For. This is the What For Podcast. I'm Andy, your host. Welcome back to another episode. It's time for another song podcast. And with my love of Southern gospel music, I thought I would bring you the anatomy of a male quartet. And by that, I mean, I'm going to break down each of the four parts, their role, their impact, what they mean to a good male quartet. And I'll give you good examples of each one along the way. So let's dig in. Now let's give some basics to begin with. Quartet. Obviously, you're going to have four parts here. Those parts are, in the traditional male quartet setting, tenor, lead, baritone, and bass. Let's start at the top and work our way down. So the tenor, this is a guy who sings much higher than your average man. Think of it kind of in terms of the lead singer of your favorite 80s hair band. They could sing higher than you and I could ever dream of, and they did it well. Well, in Southern Gospel terms, you kind of have the same thing without the hair, makeup, and spandex. But a tenor opens his mouth and you go, whoa, I didn't expect to hear that. A tenor's tone is typically very bright, some even bordering on nasal, and some have frankly crossed that line. But a tenor's tone is going to be bright and clear. It's going to cut through the rest of the chord while blending, but those high notes, those top notes of the chord, will be very, very clear. Some great examples for you to look up, should you be so inclined, are the recently retired Jerry Martin from the Kingdom Heirs, Ernie Haas, formerly of the Cathedral Quartet and currently of Ernie Haas and Signature Sound, and of course the utterly legendary David Phelps from the Gaither Vocal Band. Those are a few great examples if you wanted to do a little further research on tenor singers. Now, one other thing that you must understand about the tenor singer, they live for the high note. They want to hit that note that makes you think their head is about to explode. They want to hit that note that makes you go, how does a man sing like that? It is the tenor singer's goal in life to make the entire audience go, that can't be real. There's no way you're hitting that note. How do you do that? That's all a tenor wants out of life. So let me give you a great example of what I'm talking about here. This is Ernie Haas from his time with the Cathedral Quartet. Take a listen. But death's chilling, chilling water. One of these days, I'll be crossing. Oh, but then his hand, it will lead me. Gonna lead me safe on. Oh, but then I'll join. Call 
Those are notes I can only dream of. And that is why Ernie is one of the best in the business. He's been doing that for over 30 years. And just a technical point about these singers, obviously they're doing it the right way. They're singing correctly to be able to use their voices like this for so many years. If they weren't, their voices would never hold up. Let's move on now to the lead part. Now, as you may deduce from the term, the lead part carries an awful lot of melody. But at the same time, they have to be able to harmonize under the tenor when he's featured on a song. They have to be able to harmonize with a baritone when the baritone is featured on a song. A lead vocalist has a tremendous range. And when they are featured on a song, they typically use a lot of that range. The lead vocal is typically the show, if you will. They have style. They have substance. They are smooth as silk when they sing. And they show you the entire length and breadth and depth of their range at any given opportunity. They relish that opportunity. Some of the absolute best have been people like Guy Penrod from the Gaither Vocal Band, Glenn Payne from the legendary Cathedral Quartet, and the next gentleman I'm going to play for you. His name is Arthur Rice. He sings with the Kingdom Airs out of Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Let me just say that if you ever have the opportunity to hear the Kingdom Airs, take that opportunity. You will not be disappointed. But Arthur is the quintessential lead singer. Smooth, enormous range. He knows how to use his dynamics, his loud and soft. He can be powerful, and he can be introspective with his voice. And every single note is rock solid. Listen to this. Could we with ink the oceans fill And were the skies of parchment made Were every stalk on earth a quill And every man a scribe by trade To write the love of God above Would drain the oceans dry Nor could the scroll contain the whole Though stretched from sky to sky Saints and angels 
Arthur never disappoints. He is what a quartet lead singer should be. I hope that clip brought that out to you. Let's move on now to the workhorse of the quartet, the baritone. This guy, bless his heart, he has the most challenging part in almost every single song. The baritone is the color of every chord. He's the guy you don't really hear him all the time, but you would know if he was missing. And when he's featured on a song, his tone is rich, it is full. Typically, it'll have a little bit of a country twang to it. That's very typical of Southern Gospel baritones. But his tone is rich and full, and he has to have a keen ear for harmony. Because when it comes to a baritone part, there are two options. It's either four notes or 400 notes. There's no in-between. Either the baritone is singing the same note over and over and over through the song, or the baritone is jumping from here to there, high, low, middle, jump back, jump back, jump back. A baritone gets an absolute full-body workout every time he sings. Some of my favorite baritones in recent memory are Lauren Harris, who sings with the Kingdom Airs in Dollywood. Brilliant vocalist. Huge range. He is a real pleasure to watch sing. Mark Trammell. Mark has pretty much sung with everybody throughout his lengthy career. The Kingsman. The Cathedrals, Gold City, Greater Vision, and now the Mark Trammell Quartet. Mark is a gifted singer. And that full, rich tone I was talking about earlier, Mark is your guy for a full, rich tone. Beautiful voice. And then there's Mark Lowry. Of course, Mark spent years with the Gaither Vocal Band, as well as doing some solo work. Mark, despite being a certified nut, is a brilliant singer. He doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, for being a gifted vocalist. His baritone is a thing of beauty. Go back and listen to some of his work with the Gaither Vocal Band, and you'll see what I mean. Here's a beautiful example of quality baritone singing from Scott Howard, the now-retired baritone from Legacy 5. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly Home for 
that's just a beautiful, smooth vocal right there. All right, now we get to move on to the bass singer. The bass singer's primary job is to lay the foundation for the chord. His note is the very foundation of every chord. It's the basement. It's the bedrock. Everything stacks on top of the bass singer. So the bass singer wants to have a smooth, clear note for the other three parts to build on. That's the bass singer's primary function. However, the bass singer's primary goal is to shake you in your seat. He doesn't want you to so much hear him as he wants you to feel him. Let me give you a little example. Let's say I'm singing the old hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and I get to that last line. Now, if I'm a bass singer and we're in the key of A, that line is going to go, his kingdom is forever. That's nice, right? That's a nice, solid note. You, you kind of get it. It's, it's a good foundational note. But for a bass singer, I want that song in the key of D. So I can sing, His kingdom is forever. And with a good microphone and full sound reinforcement, that note is going to hit you dead in the chest. So while a bass singer's role is to lay that foundation, his deepest desire is to shake that very foundation. Some of the absolute best at that are Jeff Chapman with The Kingdom Heirs out of Dollywood and Pigeon Forge. Matt Fouch with Legacy 5 is a tremendous bass singer. And Eric Bennett of the Triumphant Quartet. Eric has great range and can really hit those low notes to, to vibrate the room. But what I love about Eric is how melodic he is when he sings. He can carry a melody beautifully, even as a bass singer. So now that we've gone through that, let me give you that perfect example of the bass singer who really just wants to shake the room because he can. Let me give you a moment to turn up your subwoofers. Okay, this is the legendary J.D. Sumner. Pointing 
Did you feel that? That, my friend, is what every bass singer wants to do. He wants to shake you where you stand. And that is the anatomy of a male quartet. That is what makes up a male quartet. And now it's time to light it up. Light it up! To light it up today, I want to talk about an athlete that you may or may not have heard of. But if you haven't, you really need to check her out. Her name is Anastasia Pagonis. She is from Long Island, New York, and she is only 17 years old. And what's unique about Anastasia is that she is completely blind. She began to lose her sight at around age 11, and by the age of 14 was completely blind. Now, before she started to lose her sight, she had already begun to swim competitively. After she lost her sight, she fell into a deep depression. She very openly talks about that now. Part of her recovery, so to speak, part of her emerging from this depression came through her therapy dog named Radar, which I don't think they could have named the dog any more appropriately. But Anastasia started to come out of her depression, and she began to swim again. And friends, let me tell you, when I say she is a competitive swimmer, don't you mess with Anastasia. She is currently participating in the Paralympics in Tokyo, and she's already won a bronze and a gold medal. There are multiple articles written about her, and I hope you'll take some time to read them. They are very inspirational, very uplifting. So let me ask you a question, friend. What's holding you back? What do you feel is blinding you? My friend, there is hope. If you need to connect with that hope, feel free to connect with me. Email me at whatforpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's what the number four podcast at gmail.com. That's also a great place to send story ideas for a Light It Up segment. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as we've walked through the anatomy of a male quartet. I hope it's been educational and entertaining for you. And I hope you'll connect with the What For podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Keep in touch. Stay up to date on what's happening, new episodes, and if you have an idea for a new episode, you can share it there. Share the What For podcast with your friends. I'd love for them to get connected as well. And be listening for another new episode coming soon as we continue to give the world the What For.